Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sinar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Highlander 2, The Quickening. Now, contemporary audiences noted that Highlander 2, The Quickening, was a little bit confusing at times. Luckily, Alex and Parker took very detailed notes. Right, guys? So they're aliens from the from the past, correct? I well, yeah, but but from like their perspective, Ramirez maybe. had like been around since like BC, but they both knew each other at one point. So did one yeah. get teleported like centuries ahead of the other? Yeah, they're time traveling. Traveling. This is really easy. Okay, we'll get into it later on. But did Clancy we... Brown get sent forward in time? Did that dude at the wrestling show get sent forward in time? Okay, look, I don't have the all okay. the answers here. Right, I'll, Parker, I'll read the graphic novel. <laughs> Thank you. Parker, do we have any news? Uh, well, theaters are probably dead, so that's pretty sick. Well, that's okay. Is it good when Disney announces, hey, we're just going to shift everything and go mostly to streaming? Is that good? It's... Alex, is that good? It, it takes two here. I need your I help. Mean, I mean... Is there any Disney movie that is improved by seeing it on a big screen with a bunch of screaming I'm shit not, at kids around? I mean, that's, that's a good for point. everybody. Yeah, yeah that probably good is because a good point. just yeah. all those day one VODs on IP torrents is a real. That's positive value. But realistically, in like a year when all the theaters are dead, they're just going to buy them up for dirt cheap. And then you can go see them in theaters again. You can relive all your classics from the vault with a bunch of screaming children. You know, Alamo's still open right now. I'm too much of a coward to go there, but I'm holding out hope for the last, you know, bastion of theaters to still be open in 2024 when we have an electromagnetic shield over the earth. God, I hope we make it that far. Okay, so Same let's get... the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get on to our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I will go first. My jerk of the week is Michelle Monroe. No stranger to jerks of the week. Uh, she was my jerk of the week because we were watching a movie and Jim Belushi comes in there. I'm like, oh, that's that's not John Belushi. That's that's Jim Belushi. They tried to make him into a comedian after his brother died. It was actually kind of sick. And she was like, you, he was uh, the serial killer from Con Air. I'm like, no, that's Steve Buscemi. She's like, wait, isn't that the short guy from The Goodfellas? And I almost <laughs> left my own house. nerve to do this on the Italian special day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing Chris Cuomo didn't hear about this. Anyway, uh, yeah, she called it The Goodfellas. And uh, Steve Buscemi is the little guy from The Goodfellas. Do you think Steve Buscemi was just doing like a Gary Oldman in that movie, just walking around on his knees? <laughs> oh, I'm just a little guy, and it's my birthday. Hey. It's a little birthday boy. Hey, I'm shuffling here. <laughs> <laughs> so who are your jerks of the week? 
Alex, did you find yours deep in your memory palace? <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. I'm excited. Allow me to read a tweet from one Nate Silver. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cunningham is losing ground with women and seniors since the sexting scandal, but gaining ground with men and young voters per this poll. So my jerk of the week is dudes who rock. <laughs> Good job, dudes. <laughs> I really want to meet the North Carolina voter that's like, you know, I didn't know about this guy. But after this sexing scandal, he really feels like he's on my level. Now, Guys I have to admit, dudes. the year is in fact 2020, so it's kind of hard to keep up with all of the, the men who get canceled for the B2 movement and uh, the sexting scandals. I, I, this could be Anthony Weiner for all I know. But Dude, wasn't this the this guy is... who's... Go ahead. This is the best sexing scandal ever because all he did was text about how he wanted to cuddle all the time. That's the one I was wondering about. That guy. Yeah, that's (laughs) the thing. So thank you to dudes in our Bible studies who never cheat. Thank you. (laughs) Loves texting secretaries about doing the popcorn trick in my living room. Uh, It wasn't even that explicit. I can't wait to get home and wrap my arms around you. And she's just waiting for, and then what? And he's just like, and then softly kiss you on your lips. Okay, and then what? And then turn off the light. And then what? (laughs) Literally doing the Dave Chappelle training spouse's white voice. (laughs) I'd like to pull it through the hole, please. I want to hear you breathing. Uh, well, my jerk of the week is a good friend of mine who, upon watching the Cowboys game this week, where my good friend, friend of the show, Dak Prescott, got his knee and ankle yeeted into the stratosphere. A fatal eating. <laughs> quoted my post that said, Jason Garrett revenge game, and then sent back, nobody's ever really gone. While well, I was at the height of being upset. <laughs> so shout out to him. Well, I mean... You know, if you think about it, it was a really topical week to watch Highlander, because with Alex Smith returning and Dak Prescott immediately exiting with the exact same injury, there truly can be only one. Not like this. (laughs) Okay. In that case, let's get into uh, what we watched recently. I watched a movie called Willard. Uh, Parker, have you ever heard of Willard? Oh, Oh, buddy, which one? Uh, Was it the 70s well, or the newer one? The the 70s. I didn't know that they oh. remade this. Oh, um, they remade it with fucking Crispin Glover, which is oh. on the short list for this guy, because that <laughs> seems like a nightmare. Okay, so I first heard of Willard when I went to the Alamo Draft House in Woodbridge, and they had a huge poster, like bigger than me, poster of Willard, and it's just a giant rat. I'm like, suddenly you've got my attention. So I put it on, and if you read the IMDb summary, it's like a socially maladjusted individual takes revenge on his tormentors with his pet rats. I'm like, oh man, this sounds dirty and grimy and greasy. Ah, this is going to be a good, you know, grindhouse sort of thing. They're going to tear him apart, right? Uh, no, for the entire movie, what he does is he takes his pet rats and he unleashes them on dinner parties and they make a mess of the pots and pans and stuff. And like, oh no, rats, and now people are upset about the rats. So for the longest time, it's like, why is this considered a horror movie? Uh, at the very end, Ernest Borgnine gets bit by a rat once and then falls out a window like an urban legend. So I guess <laughs> <laughs> it all keeps going back to that. All winded this are now urban legend. Uh, this is one of the least scariest movies I've ever seen. And worth mentioning only for one thing. I mentioned to my dad that I saw it, and the look that he gave me was such pure disgust. And I don't think it was centered at the movie. I think it was centered on me. He was like, why in the hell did you watch that? I'm like, I... 
uh, the list. And he's like, I wanted to see that when I was like 11, maybe. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, you know, I just, it was on the thing. I'm, you know, I'm watching the movie. It's just like, you gotta find a better way to spend your time. It's about time you start growing up, young man. You're 31 years old. And the next movie that I watched. <laughs> what, hey, uh, what does your dad watch to fill his time? I'm curious. That's a good point. That's a good question. <laughs> Just wondering. Actually, actually, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. My dad sent me an email, which means it's serious business, that uh, he's like, I am going to watch this. I'm like, oh, God, please don't have Sean Hannity in it. And it's like, uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like a video fan fiction of Lord of the Rings or something. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's kind of interesting. Costumes look pretty decent. It is extraordinarily low budget. It was made for like 5,000 pounds, which I guess is like, I don't know, 100 bucks. So. Or the best goalie in the league. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look, I'll be honest. I was waiting for you to say, and then Gollum showed up and it was Hillary Clinton. I was like, ah, I yeah, got yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, so I guess that's probably in my future next time I visit him. Uh, Really quick, I watched a documentary about uh, the Mustang, and uh, it was all right. It was pretty good. I just want to bring up really quick that at some point in, I believe, the 1960s, the Ford Motor Company released a vehicle called the Edsel that they hoped that people would purchase with money. And that might be the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. And you know, it's like, oh, what's in a name? Dude, you name your product the Edsel? No one's going to buy it. So, uh, you watch a documentary on <laughs> No, it's not worth it. I was going to ask if you watch Spirit again. <laughs> I'm really glad we were on the same the page. I just forgot which horse movie he watched. <laughs> the... I got to it Wait, in the moment and started one? immediately fumbling. I, I swear to God, if, if, there is a, if there's a directed video Spirit 2, I am not watching it. There is no really? way I am uh, looking at these records. This there is no way that we are naming our go kart the Move Avenger. <laughs> anyway, that moment when I'm pacing our living room on Sunday, going, "Wait, who are the community teams?" and like frantically <laughs> running the team. <laughs> so then I watched the Yogi Bear movie. It was okay. Then I watched <laughs> Chicago, and it was an Academy Award winner. <laughs> yes, you should have picked a Nick Foles, dickhead. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Yogi Bear movie, for those of you loyal listeners who will, who will recall, uh, Parker and I bet on the <laughs> Thursday night football game against our will. Uh, I chose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of beautiful, perfect, glorious, young Tom Brady, and Parker picked the Bears because they're cats. And oh. uh, the Bears ended up cheating and winning, and I ended up watching... Picked on that poor old man his dementia. It's so they fucked up. They on that poor old man. He had a senior moment at the end. <laughs> Six rings, count them. Anyway, Yogi Bear, the animated movie released in 2010, starring Dan Aykroyd, who, oh. I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys, that's sobering <laughs> just to hear it. My God, <laughs> you think you guys had bad weeks? Okay, so Dan Aykroyd as Yogi Bear. And look, you guys, everyone who's listening to this knows what Yogi Bear sounds like. That's Dan Aykroyd's voice. He does this the entire movie. It, it gets kind of annoying after a while, because this is his only intonation. You can't really emote when you just do the same voice. Hey, boo-boo. You know, it's it's the same thing over and over again. Dan Aykroyd is pretty good at voices, but, like, a Yogi Bear thing is like a one-off impression in, a, in an 80s movie. You don't do it for an entire movie. I will contrast this with something surprising to say. Uh, this movie stars Justin Timberlake as Boo-Boo. 
Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Justin Timberlake does a pitch perfect boo boo. It is actually probably the best part of the movie. Uh, turns out, I, I did a little bit of research on this. Justin Timberlake apparently developed a boo boo impression when he was learning to be a singer. It's like, look, if you don't make it in the singing world, hopefully you can make it as a voice actor, kid, because I don't think you got the chapter for it, you know? And turns out he did, he was like, okay, let me do a boo-boo impression. Mm, Yogi, I'm not sure if I can make it in 98 degrees, or whatever band he was in. But, like, he does a really good boo-boo impression throughout the entire thing. And it's not just doing this voice. He could do, like, a whole bunch of different intonations with it, and you can convey a character through that. And, well, it works. It's, it's okay. Um... I think Anna Ferris is in it or something. I don't know. One of those blonde actresses uh, I just don't follow. Uh, I get I, Anna Ferris or whatever her simulacrums is out there walking around. And uh, our good friend TJ Miller, the Parker Clayer of the acting world. Hey, wait, uh, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Actually, I, I didn't assign this to you. It's <laughs> fucked up. Other actors are in it as well. So, we see uh, Yogi Bear, who's smarter than the average bear, because he can talk. Now, Parker, you're a big fan of Star Wars, and you'll know, as Qui-Gon Jinn once said, the ability to talk does not make you intelligent. You've said that to me on multiple occasions. Uh, Here's the thing. I don't know that he's smarter than the average bear, but I do know this. Maybe he knows more about us than we know about ourselves. (laughs) The cat of the picnic grounds. <laughs> was it fucked up when Yogi Bear with Dan Aykroyd's voice was getting his dick sucked by a ghost? That seems a little out of place in children's <laughs> A little closer to the head, please. <laughs> Gentle on the balls. Okay, so... You're gonna get base- stuck in that voice Let's- real quick. Yeah, no, probably not. Uh, so the basic plot of the movie, as if anyone gives a shit, is that... Uh, you know, Yogi wants to steal picnic baskets because uh, he likes to eat because they're bears. And uh, anyway, oh no, the forest park is going to get shut down by the evil real estate lawyers or something. And Yogi has to find a way to get the park not shut down. And he does this by, I don't, uh, he finds a turtle or something. Um, check my notes here. Just uh, the. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, anyway, it was really good, and everyone should watch it. Please don't assign me the sequel. So, uh, the what? Actually, I, don't, I don't think. <laughs> actually, don't think there is a sequel. I did not see that on the related movies as I scrolled through yeah. four Alvin and the Chipmunks. That's the thing is I, I mixed it up. With oh, Alvin fucking watch one of those, didn't I? Yeah. Did you? I think you saw me like shipwrecked or something. Yeah, yeah. Shit. You, I, you I was not one. assigned shipwrecked before the sequel. I know. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Oh, what Parker, are you ready to go on a cruise? The coin landed on its edge. You know what that means. Anyway, Uh, you have a nice smile. I still want to sign the outfit in the (laughs) chipmunks. All right. So uh, next one that I watched was um, I I, I rewatched some stuff. My sister got me A Man for All Seasons on Blu-ray, and I'll keep this short. I really, really love that movie. Um, I love everything about that movie. And I think you guys would fall asleep within five minutes, so I won't recommend it to you. And I don't know that anyone listening to the podcast would enjoy it, but it won the Academy Award, damn it, and uh, I like it. And it's part of the reason why I care about those on that podcast. Well, you know. (laughs) Hey guys, good news. I saw the original. 
So all doors are open for the future. Isn't that fun? I <laughs> oh. forgot I watched that until you just awoke that memory from deep inside me. I hate okay. the show. <laughs> okay. So, on from A Man From All Seasons, one of my favorite movies. Uh, I also rewatched with my good friend Michelle, The Little Shop of Horrors, the 1986 version. Turns out that movie just holds up, and I think it's always going to hold up. And it's not just the songs, which are fantastic. It's not just the acting, which is great. It's not just the jokes that are hilarious. It's the animatronics. Those animatronics look really, really good. And, again, I know we say this a lot, but please bring back special effects. They look so nice. Uh, and, most of all, I really like the, uh, the guest appearances. I really love Christopher Guest. He is so funny in that cameo role. I don't think I've seen it since I was a kid. Yeah, you should. Not that I didn't like that. it, but I, I really I think you should rewatch it. And Alex, actually, I've been wondering: Have you seen the 1986 version of Little Shop of Horrors? You know, like I'm pretty sure that I have, but I can't recall a single thing about it. So I'm just gonna say that I haven't. So the reason I mention that is because I think you and I both like musicals. We might have a little bit of a different taste in musicals, but speaking as we're both musical guys, I really think you'd like this one. So, I don't know, fire it away. Maybe, maybe, I think it'd be something great to watch with your girlfriend. I I really do. Now our taste in musicals gets put to the test because Uh. Michelle insisted (laughs) that we watch Chicago. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. (laughs) This is the reason she should have been your jerk of the week, not the the erasure of Italianism. So, I kind of want to set this up in some way. I'm going to say some positive things about Chicago. Then, Alex, you go ahead and list off some of your criticisms, and I will also list off some of my criticisms. Uh, So, the nice things I have to say about Chicago. Uh, I think Catherine Zeta-Jones is quite good. Uh, She won an Academy Award for this, as if that matters. Uh, She's a good dancer, a good actress. Boy, it's harder than I thought. Okay, so, um, songs songs are okay if you close your eyes. Uh, Disagree. uh, Oh, it's okay. I you know. You I, know what's not interesting at all? Cabaret, in the slightest. That's good, not interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's that's also true. Uh, it's what a, a bad aesthetic. It's bad music. Nobody cares that you're running around like Michigan J Frog, but hot. Like it, no, just stop. <laughs> you say hot, and Queen Latifah is in this, which I think is interesting. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> same. <laughs> Uh, so, which is, I think she got nominated for an Oscar for this, too. Um, also, here's, like, this is, doesn't even count as a positive. I guess it's a criticism. Richard Gere is in this, and he does a really long tap dance. And while I was watching, it's like, God, oh. you could imagine all the middle-aged women in the audience just creaming themselves over his tap dance. Um, it gets me going. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... Tapity tap, tap, tap. Which is funny, because you know who they originally Ooh, wanted for this role? They... <laughs> They originally wanted John Travolta in this role. Immediately better movie. Also, way better dancer. Just saying. So, it could have been... Okay. Uh, Positives. Who is John Travolta to turn that down? Well, it was 2002. I think he may have been under some influences. Was that... Wait, was that when uh, Battleship Earth was coming out? Or was that a couple years after? Next week's episode. Why? Oh, <laughs> then feeling a feeling a little faint all of a sudden. <laughs> Hope you guys like Dutch angles. Alex, would you like to get into a little bit more detail about Chicago? There's two things I hate. 
These people <laughs> are intolerant of other cultures. <laughs> Dutching. <laughs> so, I, I would like to add one more thing to the uh, list of positives about Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's not rent. That's well, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to go on to my criticisms, uh, but one more positive. It's not Moulin Rouge. But my criticism is that think... it reminds me of Moulin Rouge, which came I'm out, sure I believe, just a year prior. Yeah. I've never given musicals a chance, because the three that were big in my lifetime were Rent, <laughs> Chicago, and Moulin Rouge. Is like, hey, I guess this just isn't for me, because <laughs> holy shit. Well, you know, what about, uh, what about the, uh, the Repo? <laughs> anyway, so uh, Parker, God, which, I, ironically, I think you would have a really good time with the End of the Woods movie. I could see that. Maybe that seems like something I could get day drunk it's, and get into. It's so much more fun than it has any right to be because End of the Woods is like just okay. But I should I should watch that. Song. Uh, wait, is that the uh, Wicked uh, musical, or is Wicked the musical of the Wizard of Oz? The latter, yeah. Into oh, the Woods sorry. is just like a mishmash of fucking fairy tales. Oh. Like, like literally just throw them all in a fucking pot and make a musical out of it. Oh, it's Parker, like you like nursery concept rhymes. in the world, but... <laughs> I'm sure I'd, I could get some out of that. Why are you Maybe. not on Disney Plus? God damn it. Oh, you'll get to it. Anyway, let me... I don't really hate Chicago, although the entire time I didn't really have a whole lot of very nice things to say about it. Uh, I don't know how this ever worked on the stage. Uh, it was probably insufferable. Um, I uh, <laughs> he says less than a year after he watched Cats. <laughs> well, Cats oh. is different though. Uh, Cats, I can understand how that worked on the stage. This, I don't know because there's a lot of cross cutting between. It's our fantasy dance sequence, and like, no, they're just in a prison, and they're just talking. Um, it is, I have to admit, the entire time I was watching, it's like, boy, it's kind of weird. This woman is very clearly the villain, and she kind of wins at the end, and we're, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. And I actually did feel a little bit better when I found out, oh, it's based on a true story, they're trying to, like, do a thing here. I don't quite know what the thing was, but the fact that they were building towards something is like, well, I, I guess I, I'm going to give them a little bit more credit here. Uh, they didn't use... <laughs> they, didn't do, they didn't use nearly enough Lucy Liu, <laughs> which is that exactly is what I say of, after a belch. That's true of, like, every movie. Except Charlie's Angels. And probably X versus Ever. Yeah, yeah. I hope I don't find out. Yeah. It's, it, I've, I've seen it. It's really just boring. I, just I know generic, you've seen yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Don't kind worry. of generic. So, uh, yeah, Chicago, it's it's just not for me. Um, it, which is, you know what, I, I don't think uh, most people would hate it, but Parker, no, 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 not in my tombo's house. So, oh, I sure uh, hope my team's won. Uh, two more here. I watched uh, Sakebi, which does not mean retribution in English. But America thought it did, so that's what they gave it as a title. It actually means uh, screaming in Japanese, Michelle told me. Um, remember I, m I mentioned, I believe it was last week, I mentioned the movie Cure by uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa. No relation to Yeah, Akira which I've Kurosawa. seen like four or five people reference in the last week. Yeah, Cure is actually like pretty decent. I think you would be like, oh, hey, that's actually pretty good. Retribution does not really work for me. Uh, I think it's got some problems uh, in that 
there he does a Kurosawa does a lot of things that are like really simple that should be scary. They cut off right before the action. Just a guy holding it. I feel like oh shit, something bad is going to happen. It's almost like the far side. It cuts off before the joke happens, and you fill in the rest of the details. Uh, whereas with this, there's a woman in red, and she's sort of floating towards a guy and and screaming, but she's not making an expression. It's not scary at all. And before you make the joke, so it's not really a horror, but more of a thriller. It's not a thriller. Nothing exciting happens. So your left is like, okay, it's a mystery. Hey, look, I like mysteries. I really do. I love detective novels. I like all that shit. And, like, it's kind of got an unrelatable protagonist here. And it's like, I don't really know what's going on here. I had to look up Wikipedia to find out what was going on. And I usually don't have to do that for movies. Until I watched Highlander 2. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what happened in that fucking movie. Man. I'll give you my best guess, but Retribution, it just didn't work for me. Uh, so, Parker, stick with Cure. You give me an example about it, and maybe it'll work. But I, I want to just open something up to, to you in particular, and to anyone else who listens on the podcast. If anyone has some good examples, like really good examples, of Japanese horror, please, let me know. I've already seen Ringo. I've already seen The Grudge. I, and I've seen Cure, I've seen Retribution, I've seen uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man, I've seen, um, uh, was, it was a really short movie where the guy's stuck in like a claustrophobic place, that, that was pretty good. Just give me more examples here, because I think there's a lot better examples out there than what I've been watching. I think I've been led astray. Park, do you have any ideas? Uh, I'm a racist, so no. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. <laughs> Last one I watched is I rewatched uh, Misery. Uh, one of Rob Reiner's last really great movies. And again, and I've said this on every single podcast episode, but Rob Reiner was on a string of hits for the longest time. He had When Harry Met Sally, he had Stand By Me, he had Misery, he had a, a whole bunch of hits, and then he made North. So my advice to aspiring filmmakers, do not make a mistake. That's good. He is, he is the rebuttal Noted. to, like, oh, you know, if you're a white man, you can just fail upwards. No, 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 not in Matombo's house. Because you make North. And right off the bat, you're relegated to making really stupid posts on Twitter. So, uh, Misery's really I mean, great. And... I didn't make North. <laughs> now, Parker, you've you've mentioned Misery, actually, on the podcast before. And uh, you, you drew, drew a lot of attention, as a lot of people do, to uh, Kathy Bates. Oscar-winning performance, again, as if that matters. She's really great. I've got no negative things to say about her. She's just 100% just wonderful. I want to draw attention to a different facet here. I want to draw attention to James Caan, uh, who we all loved in uh, The Godfather and Santa's Sleigh. So uh, he just plays the writer who's stuck in bed the entire time. Oh yes, the movie with Goldberg. Is he not in The Goodfellas? <laughs> no, he was not in The Goodfellas. Uh, he plays the writer who's uh, stuck in bed the entire time. And what makes his performance work so well is how understated it is. Especially during the first like half hour of the movie. He's just stuck there sort of reacting to things. James Caan is not a very reactive actor. He's usually the one who makes things happen. Instead, he just has to, you know sort of shift his eyes based on whatever Kathy Bates is doing. He does such a good job of it, and it's so simple, and it does... I don't know, maybe this is like a personal bias for me. I really get interested in that sort of uh, way that popular artists or writers or whatever react to super crazy fans. Best example in the world is the song Stan by Eminem. 
featuring Dido. It's like a really good... <laughs> it's a really good I don't know why I said her voice like that. It's a, it's just a really interesting portrayal of the way that people react to this sort of thing and the struggles of fame. And it's also why I really try not to fanboy over things. If I if I were to ever meet like a really famous artist or someone that I I'm a big fan of, and I there's a lot of people like John Carpenter, Kurt Russell, Bruce Campbell, stuff like that. I don't ask for autographs. I don't ask for pictures or anything. The only thing I ever say is thank you. I I don't want to be like a huge intrusion on their lives and stuff. Like they're trying to eat or something like that. Like they're human beings too. Um, the rest of the movie is what what would you expect? fantastic it's well regarded for a reason everyone talks about the hobbling scene but there's so many other scenes that are so good there's really great suspense this movie is a horror movie yes and it's a thriller but it works best of all as suspense i have one major criticism to give which almost sinks the movie is that fucking howdy duty ass detective (laughs) give me the detective from retribution or literally any other movie i've ever seen this dude is the worst fucking detective in the world and he somehow pieces together yeah i read one of these romance novels and it quotes a biblical passage and she said it one time fuck that so stupid it is so fucking clumsily done but at that point you're just like i mean yeah i guess we have to get to that point whatever Sure, movie. Whatever you say. <laughs> now, uh, one of the points, I believe it was Alex, although there could have been any of us, who brought up about Stephen King is Stephen King sucks at endings. And, uh, Parker, you haven't read the book yet, but I'm going to tell you this. The movie's ending is a lot better than the ending of the book. There's a lot of changes that were made between the book and the movie, and the vast majority of them are, are just better than the movie. I'll say this, Olive Branch to Stephen King, the book is actually one of his best. And I would recommend it, but just know you've already seen the superior version. So, uh, Alex, what did you watch? So, not a lot here, because your boy's been very busy. That's understandable. The one, the one thing I do want to talk about is, uh... Parker, have you started Bly Manor yet? <laughs> no, yet. I'm probably going to start it this week. Heard good things. And... Parker, you like creepy kids, right? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna be real. Like, so I really like Hill House. I like this so much more. That's what I keep like, hearing. Like, I'm, I'm so not done. Excited. I'm ha- I'm halfway through. Like, but like, if I have one criticism of Hill House, which is something we've talked about a lot on this podcast, like, it's that like I'm like 30 percent less interested every time it's just adults on the screen with adult problems. And in this, the creepy kids are just there the whole time. So. It's, I'm taking many days off next week, and I'm probably just going to just power through it. I'm so excited. I totally as, forgot that just fucking snuck up on me. I'm so excited. As a as a note of context, because this was literally the last words my girlfriend said to me before I got out of bed to come record. Huh. The little girl on Bly Manor is the voice of Peppa Pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't right. whistle. <laughs> Hello! I'm gonna be thinking about this until I go to bed at fucking ten in the morning. Like, <laughs> I'm very excited. It looks real good. It's like a, I'm halfway through. I've heard good things about the second half. Like, I just I'm, that was pig and shit watching this. Like, just I, one of those I've heard nothing but positives. Where I just open Netflix, it's like, oh hey, this is out. I'm like, what? Fuck. Okay, sure. I guess so. 
like literally had a moment earlier where like we watched an episode. She's like, "All right, I'm gonna go do the dishes now." I'm like, "No, let's just not do the dishes. Like, no, it's fine. If I have to do them later. I don't care. I want to keep watching." Nice. But yeah, it seems like something um, I would have already binged this weekend, but it has been. Uh, it's understandable. It's, yeah, yeah. Ten hours yeah. is a lot of hours. Yeah, yeah. It has been a week. It was mm-hmm. so like it must not have been important. I forget to log things these days. So Parker, you just go ahead. <clears throat> All right, uh, I will. Just, I just want to focus on one movie that uh, my good friend oh. who told me that uh, you know nobody's really gone. He recommended <laughs> this movie to me, which is a movie that Off could not start. be could not be more of Alex, both your and my alley. It is a I'm movie listening. from earlier this year that I had never heard of called Ghosts of War. And I'm just going to, you okay. know what? I have his summary here. He did the thing. He literally spoiled the entire movie and the spoilers made me watch it. So it's World War II and these five soldiers occupy a Nazi castle and spooky things start happening as they do. And by starts happening, I mean like it's 70 minutes of just spooky hauntings. Uh, just a quick detour, shout out to a scene where a guy like walks into an empty room, sits down on a piano and plays like some spooky sad song, and then he stops, and a guy in the background just goes, boo, and walks out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Funniest thing I've seen all week. But, uh, so they keep getting spooked, and everything's like, oh god, what's happened? Is this house haunted? What's going on? And they, like, things almost seem to, like, glitch out, and then our main character wakes up, and he's in a high-tech hospital, and Billy Zane's like, oh, hey, dude, this is a simulation. You guys were all in Afghanistan and got blown the fuck up. All of you were, like, missing limbs and shit. We put you in the, in the simulation to help your brains adjust to it. And then we get the flashback to what actually happened, which is they have an informant whose cover got blown, and they were hiding out in the informant's house, like, hiding in the walls and shit. And they had to watch as the informant and his family were brutally murdered. And then the wife, who they thought was dead, ran out and suicide bombed the whole building, blows them all to pieces, and then she puts a curse on them. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. So the soldier's like, oh my god, guys, Billy Zane, we have to face this, we have to deal with this, and put me back in. And then it just loops back to the first scene of the movie. And also it's written and directed by the guy who wrote Direct the Butterfly Effect. So, Alex, <laughs> look forward to hearing about you watching Ghost of War next week. Motherfucker. That's all I wanted to talk about. So I'll watch some other stuff, papers. but, like, I'm we're all very yeah. sleepy. Yeah, it's literally the first movie this guy's written in 11 years. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when it fucking cuts to shitty, like, direct-to-DVD and 2020 CGI and Billy Zane is standing over his head, oh, your boy was laughing. Good times. God damn it, I'm going to have to watch this, aren't I? <laughs> like, I almost just skipped, like, I didn't really watch much. And then I saw that, I was like, you know what? My good friend Alex, would, it would really brighten his day <laughs> if he knew this movie existed. <laughs> 70 minutes of haunting, and then, surprise, you're actually in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not good, but also. It sounds like it's stars. good. It's just pretty good. It's a capital G good. Alright, let's talk about Highlander, boys. And hopefully we can just, you know, do this for like an hour and a half, skip the game of games, go to bed. Get, You're right, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, I want to sure just... everyone's going to sleep well after those things. Right, of oh. course. Oh. 
So I, I have one major criticism of the Highlander 2 that I want to get out of the way. There are some sword fights in this movie, and no one wears any phone books for protection. I have problem. several criticisms <laughs> from start to finish. All right. Well, but, you know, you have to admit, you got to love a movie that begins before any opening credits or any production logos with the words, the year is 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Just back-to-back opening text scrolls let you know, hey, guys, got some lore for you here. Yeah, Jumping straight to the post-apocalypse. Year is 2024. The brights and their wands have opened up a hole in the ozone layer. And we, uh, have, des- we have designed an electromagnetic shield to cure global warming. Uh, here's a question. Why haven't we done that yet? Elon Musk, get to work. <laughs> so, we got none of We it. need to find a Highlander to develop a shield. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I like in my Highlander movies? Opera music. <laughs> Do you remember how the first Highlander was like a fun, like, fantasy movie? Yeah. Well, uh, in the meantime, they watched Blade Runner and Dune, so that's your movie now. Sorry. Oh, we will get into that. First <laughs> of all, we'll I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we got to the music so early so I can talk about how... There's less yeah, Queen but, and you like it? <laughs> oh, well, yes, of course, but th- this in this movie, the soundtrack was handed off to the drummer from The Police. Oh, yeah, he did the Star of the Dragon. Yes, and also Good Burger somehow. <laughs> Man, you want to talk about a movie I wish I watched? Next week's episode. <laughs> Have we done that before? It doesn't matter. Anyway, so Christopher Lambert suddenly looks a lot older, and uh, his mullet grew out like a bit too far, and I didn't know that mullets could grow out too far. It's like a new hairstyle. Uh, anyway, he's sitting in some sort of, like, opera house watching some sort of opera and again the, i like check the file name make sure this highlander highlander 2 okay making sure and we transition from the opera to ancient egypt oh my fuck yeah you thought yeah that's the thing it's like <laughs> uh, i thought it was i mean at first i was like oh is this like a fantasy sequence for christopher lambert he's on like opiates it's like once upon a time in america no 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 i went onto wikipedia it turns out this is 500 years ago on the planet zeiss now i understand you guys have any so questions? No, I didn't think so. You're saying, so Sean Connery, you're saying that this is the uh, this is the third Russell Mulcahy movie to take place in Egypt. <laughs> My trip to the pyramids has yielded nothing but negative <laughs> results. <laughs> like I know this movie's universally reviled, and after seeing it, it's quite bad. But I can almost applaud getting five minutes in and going. So the last movie you saw, yeah, it turns out they're all aliens. <laughs> it's a real yeah. like. Okay, I leaned forward a bit. Like okay, movie what. What do we got here? Well, I'll tell you exactly what we got. Sean Connery, sorry, Ramirez and Christopher Lambert <laughs> decide to team up to own the Zeist mods led by Michael Ironsides. Uh, now, the way that the transition works, I think what they were going for is that he was watching the opera and the opera was actually written as an interpretation of his former battle on the planet Zeist by a German guy. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. So anyway, Ramirez and Christopher Lambert revolt against Michael Ironside, and they lose, which, you know, you have to understand that's a possibility that happens during revolts. And they face a trial by the Skulls, who uh, send them to the future. (laughs) 
It's called Liar's Hell. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Michael Ironsides is pissed off that they live. So Michael Ironsides is clearly not in control. He's like, all right, your, your punishment is to go into the future, to live forever in combat until your heads get cut off. Also, I guess you have amnesia because they, uh, they don't seem to reference the fact that they're aliens in the first movie. So, if he, Once you become the last remaining one, you can either grow old and die or come back to the past on your home planet. With Michael Ironside still in charge. You fucking figure it out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem How like How do you a... write yourself into that much of a corner? No, Those are not God, two equal prizes. To... You put this movie on for like 15 minutes and then just go, God, I want to just shove my face into a giant pile of cocaine right now. <laughs> <laughs> now 1991 is basically the 80s, so it counts. Oh, yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, Christopher Lambert, we've mentioned in the past that we didn't actually know that the dude was French and he had to learn English for the Highlander. But now he's learned English so well that he's his old guy voice, he's basically doing like an impression of an old washed up mafia don who moves oh to Miami God. after his days in the mob were over. He's like, hey, Parker, I want you to do me a favor. You next time you see that motherfucker Anubis, you tell my friends Para and also Docs. I got a message for him. This is this is a great Uncle Nino. <laughs> oh, Christopher, you're doing great. How about a whole 30 minutes of that? Sounds great for our action picture. So, also, you have a mullet that grew too far, and you can live forever. So, Virginia Madsen, the terrorist, breaks into... <laughs> what the fuck is this yeah this is the the movie's transitions into separate scenes are like it, it's much like that mystery science theory 3000 joke where thrust violently into the next scene uh <laughs> look when you read the, any trivia you find out immediately that like the entire movie was taken away in 20 minutes in you're like oh yeah definitely yeah yeah this yeah. is this was nobody's vision yeah so virginia madsen again terrorist breaks into, I guess it's the Electromagnetic Shield headquarters, to sabotage it and also obtain the disc. Uh, it actually kind of looks more like the dam from Never Too Young to Die, so... <laughs> Man, better movie. Can you imagine if Ragnar came in out of nowhere? It's like, oh, that's cool. mine! I'm Ragnar! <laughs> <laughs> Ragnar is a Highlander-ass name, too. It really is, too. Wait, so is Wolfgar. Do you think they're like Look, the the nerve to have Michael Ironside show up and go, Hello, my name is Katana. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Ragnar fits in. So why is the council like that little council of skulls, why are they hype why are they harping on Michael Ironside Katana for Lambert still being alive? Like he was clearly not happy about it. Like they assigned him his fate, not Ironside. They're like, Oh, look at this, he's still alive. He's like, I know, thank you for teasing me, guys. They're like, don't worry. Like, his entire motivation is just, I really fucking hate that guy. I'm going to go into the past and kill him. Like, he'll just die of old age, dude. Yeah, clearly. So anyway, they're like, don't worry, we'll speed things up. We will get, there's no other way to word this, Tim Burton's Crab and Goyle, former jerks of the week, who are sent forward in time to kill Christopher Lambert. Uh, These fucking guys. Yeah. Uh, Almost turned it off at this point. I was like, yeah, I've got it. It's only Monday. I can just wait till tomorrow to finish this. So here's an important thing about the coherency of this movie. We go inside a bar where they play their only Queen song. So sorry, Alex. 
Uh, it's not until they're in this bar that I learned that Christopher Lambert was actually the genius who installed the electromagnetic shield. I was like, <laughs> the entire time they're like, boy, who's the jackass who installed that electromagnetic shield? And Christopher Lambert's like, I am that jackass. And I'm like, oh, okay. So... Alex, uh, remember about last week you were talking about how it was annoying that there was a whole other movie that just kept popping up in the middle of your movie? Uh-huh. <laughs> well! <laughs> yeah. Every time we're just like, yeah, so, you know, these go my time fighting. Anyway, so, um, Dr. Cox runs this company that has a big bubble. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are we talking about? What do you mean this guy invented it? Just because he's been alive since the 1600s means he's a fucking genius? <laughs> Him and some fat old dude like developed a sphere that encapsulates the entire planet. I, Question mark. We'll get to that. Uh, so I think at this point it's revealed that he can grow old, but now he can heal himself, or or something, or maybe his powers are returning. Not well, you really see, sure. because they leapt forward into time. Now all of a sudden he's not the old, he's not the last one anymore. Oh right, so there's a second Highlander that reverses the aging process, so he can now die by having his head cut off, but he can't die otherwise. Yeah, uh, you see, now he's immortal again, so he just fucking murders one of them with the slowest train I've ever seen in yeah, my life. Yeah, right. That makes it a lot simpler. So uh, before that, like the terrorist Virginia Madsen gets into uh, his car to give him a good stern talking to, like terrorists often do. And uh, I want to talk about the entrance of, like, these two, how do I describe Bulk and Skull by way of Marilyn Manson. They come hoverboarding in wearing steampunk goggles and hissing like panthers. And I'm just like, oh, now this <laughs> is what I paid my money for. I don't know what's happening, but I'm a good time. So in the middle of this pitched battle in Gotham City, he thinks he sees... Ramirez! My old friend Ramirez! My old friend Ramirez, whose head was cut off by the voice of Mr. Krabs! Uh, he does all this while he's having a battle with Crab and Goyle. So, I guess he's a little bit distracted. Uh, so, after he kills one of the two flying monkeys with, like you said, the slowest moving train of all time, he's restored to his youth. So we don't get that stupid voice anymore, and my throat can heal. And uh, he kills the other guy with a clothesline. <laughs> like a literal close on not like the cool the, that we're just movie. forgetting his flying hoverboard oh right there, there is the hoverboard <laughs> versus hang glider chase and again I'm reminded of tailspin it's like look this isn't good but I don't think I've ever seen this before so there's that at least actually wait I will say that it is good because the hang gliding henchman blows up a homeless guy who asked him for a light with a grenade launcher I mean, right, you talked me into it very, very rare very real uh, Gabriel Byrne in uh um uh, end of days. Oh, good point. Yeah. Order energy. <laughs> That's a good pull. That yeah, takes me back to a happy one. time in my life. Speaking of taking <laughs> that you kid back. ate shit. <laughs> Speaking of taking you back, uh, Ramirez just teleports to Scotland in the middle of a performance of Hamlet, and it's like right in the back. He's like, "Oh, Hamlet, Hamlet, Hamlet!" And he's got like the skull in his hand and everything. And Ramirez just asks, "Actually, the neighbor's Ramirez." But you hear at the upper balcony, "Who said that?" <laughs> Which one of y'all dead motherfuckers just said that shit? Ramirez died for being hammered in the ass too much. <laughs> Turn around, say it again. I'll put in the actual audio. I'm sorry, <laughs> honey. You're ruining the quickening. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, some of my favorite sketches. Well, I wish she could have, like, in real time, just seen the look on my face when it evolved into, oh, he's back for some reason. Oh, fuck, we're doing a fish out of water. And just the immediate, like, I, fuck, man. Uh, There's nothing I want to watch less right now. No, it's that was, like, one of the things I liked most about the first one was, like, yeah, you just get the story in flashbacks. You don't get the, oh, wow, what is this modern technology? No, he's just been a dude that's been alive. And then you get this dude dressed like the world's biggest asshole. Like, what is an aeroplane? <laughs> Great. Why is this movie an hour 50? You're listening to electronic music. It's incredible. <laughs> it's called Monster Magnet. That's right. This is the music of the future, old man. He goes to a gay we'll pride get... parade. He's like, I invented that one back in the 16th century. <laughs> Oh my god, that Ramirez has done thing. The Caligula-esque <laughs> things that man has done. Are, you mentioned oh. in the last episode, he has been sucking and fucking for centuries untold. That shit will turn your hair white. Dude. It is <laughs> he, gets, he gets on that plane and tries to get right back into business, right in the middle of coach. <laughs> so, back on planet Earth, uh, which oh by which god. I mean America, the terrorist Virginia Madsen now loves Christopher Lambert because he's immortal. <laughs> Uh, Alright, for the first five minutes, you're this super cool hacker terrorist. And then what happens? You're the love his this. girl. You're his girlfriend. <laughs> and you just you hang out at the house while he has sword fights. And that's cool for you because you're supportive. Now, I don't watch like YouTube movie reviews anymore. But I assume that if they were to use any clip of this movie, they'd use the next one. Which is Virginia Madsen in Christopher Lambert's home? Question mark? Looks like a warehouse. Where she tries to... to like recount the basic plot structure of this movie and doesn't really understand it and Christopher Lambert just goes that's right and uh like she she tries to do like the best job she can and even then I'm like following along I'm like oh that's different from my notes shit <laughs> so you're telling me you're an alien from the past and you got <laughs> transported to the future and you're yes. a Highlander and you're immortal and the only way to be a to stop being a Highlander is to kill all the other Highlanders that's right Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, back in Scotland, we get the William Tell Overture as Sean Connery buys a suit with one of his earrings. Dude, the fucking nerves to be like, yeah, this movie needs a pretty woman montage. Go ahead and throw that in there. <laughs> Fuck yourself. Oh, shit. Can't wait to get to all the cool sword fights again. <laughs> oh, he bartered with an earring. So, Look at that nice suit he's wearing, I guess. So, Michael Ironside... Katana decides that you just can't get good help these days. His sword steals souls, Chris. You don't <laughs> Shut understand. the fuck up. <laughs> so he teleports to Earth in the future into the middle of a fucking subway, I guess. And all of this just to kill the guy who was like one cough away from dying of old age before right, he exactly. went back. You know? Sorry, forward in time. Fuck, well, I hate well, this. Technically, no, he, now Sometimes technically you're just missing your math a little bit. This well, is how the challenger Well, he, anyway, here's the thing, though. Like, <laughs> fucking, he's going to live forever again, though, because Ramirez came back, and Ramirez is also a Highlander, so now you got two Highlanders, and there could be only one. And if you look at the spreadsheet... Uh, anyway... I just want to just get to this thing. I am fucking Annie Wilkes just standing up screaming, His fucking head was cut off! <laughs> what are we doing? I seen it! 
Solid round two eyes. His head got cut off like 400 years ago. You can't just show up as a force ghost and go, oh, I'll just be here when you need me. Goodbye. <laughs> Fuck you. Actually. Well, no one's ever really gone. So. Yeah, I know that now. <laughs> so, Andy Dalton's my quarterback, Chris. <laughs> I'm aware. Well... You're in a better position than I am. Anyway, Michael Ironsides See, is not quite no. bringing the same energy that Clancy Brown is. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just wanted to explain this to Parker. You see, you know, in the future they have technology where they can bring back the ghost of Sean Connery as a CGI figure in this movie. And, you know, he can play this character and oh, the other characters okay. have to interact with him. And, and and then, you know, he gets launched into space and you think he's going to die, but they wouldn't do that to his character. So he doesn't die. And then you have to deal with his CGI character for another like four hours. <laughs> so, Alex, question. Do you like Sean Connery more in this movie or in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? That's you know, I Sean thought. Connery was not the problem with LXG. I'm just going to put that out there. I know. The problem not. with LXG was LXG. All of LXG. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, the problem with LXG is Ellen Moore. Anyway, Michael Ironsides <laughs> is doing far more of a Jim Carrey impression in this movie. Like, you see Dude, his fucking smile. How do you miscast Michael Ironsides? Right? He does one thing extremely well. Like, all right, now just go be the Joker, I guess. How do you <laughs> fuck that up? Uh, I also, also want to say, like, the one really positive thing about this movie. When he takes control of that subway, what is that song that starts playing? I need that I've, butt metal song on my phone today. That whole subway seems to be a case of, like, look, this movie sucks. But. but it could be a lot worse. <laughs> also, there is this a This really, is real stupid, at least. There's a really important thing here, and I know you guys saw this. There's a really brief shot during that subway scene where there's a shot of someone who is explicitly not human. It looks like a bad paper mache version of a human, and I'm not sure why it's in this scene. You just see it, and it's just like, what the fuck was that? That wasn't a human. It's like the dog with a human face from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, Jesus. Like, what the Skip. fuck is that doing there? You, so I have a theory. I have a theory. Oh, why would you make a yeah. paper mache version of someone's head? To blow it up. They probably blew it up. There's blood and cuts everywhere, and the MPA went, no, 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 no. And so they just like, well, I we can't just waste a paper mache head. So they just left it in the movie, and everyone else walks out of that theater going, what the fuck was up with the paper mache head? We know, we know. Get out of your house. <laughs> oh shit! Thank you. No, know I saw the George Miller eye bulging guy. Right, yeah. Real one. yeah. Good point. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, like this whole fucking scene is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. But also, like, hey, something's happening. It's not Christopher Lambert explaining the plot of the movie to this woman. Better than the subway scene in Knowing. So Christopher Lambert Jesus. meets up with Kurt. <laughs> what a pull! <laughs> <laughs> Saw that one in the theaters. Christopher Next week's episode. No. So Christopher Lambert meets <laughs> up with Kurt Vonnegut, I guess, who was a uh, pre who had previously just signaled across each other. You know, they, they just kind of waved to each other across the aisles at the uh, opera, which I guess is just something that you do. Because what are you going to do otherwise? Watch the opera, and uh, we get a flashback to the time that they cured global warming with a shield. <laughs> what a cool flashback just to have an hour in your movie like hey remember that time we healed the earth's ozone layer and then do the wayne's world sound effect again. <laughs> it's so stupid i know i was speaking of flashbacks technically every single time that they show a scene on the planet zeist that's a flashback because it's 500 years ago because they sent the highlanders forward in time 
keep track of uh-huh. this in your notes. See, the Highlanders are operating a slightly different time. <laughs> Look, there's definitely a point where I think I was holding something. I was like, okay, they keep referring to the shield, and then they go to the giant boardrooms. Like, ah, this is the shield company, and I just dropped whatever I was holding. You're not <laughs> fucking trying anymore. <laughs> My God. Well, if the writers aren't trying, then I'll tell you who is trying. John C. McGinley, who, uh, nice to see him, isn't it? Another guy like, hey, you know that one thing you do really well? Why don't you just go ahead and just take that to about a 15 and make it really fucking stupid? <laughs> so, uh, what they do here is John C. McGinley is, I guess, the president of The Shield Company. This is where Final Fantasy some get all their ideas. And uh, they he has a shield around the planet Earth. But, like they say in the opening text roll, some people think that the ozone layer is okay. And uh, Christopher Lambert says, maybe the ozone layer will one day repair itself. Now, this rebellious attitude continues today. For example, what if the coronavirus has been cured and Anthony Fauci is John C. McGinley? And <laughs> I'm just thinking about Michael Ironside rolling coal to really fuck with Christopher <laughs> <laughs> uh, Speaking of, uh, of Michael Ironside... Katana. He takes a taxi. Sorry. Now, I just there's something wrong with like an immortal guy taking a taxi. Like you just got out of a, a subway that you stole. You really need a taxi? You could drive like the subway like a little bit further, right? So anyway, he menaces the taxi driver with a sword and the taxi driver doesn't drive away. Dude, if I'm driving a taxi and someone pulls out a fucking sword, I'm either asking him like, hey, can I see that? Or like I'm just getting out of that car as quickly as I can. <laughs> There's a lot going on with this whole interaction. This guy is super psyched to have this dude in his car. That's a and good I, point. Yeah, I kind of appreciated yeah. it. He was real happy up until even after that goes to the windshield. He's still like, he's still kind of psyched about it. Now, speaking of things that you really like, uh, Parker, we show this 1991 CGI plane, which reminded me of the CGI oh plane from the Langoliers. God. Jesus Christ. This <laughs> Why would you even waste the money to do this? Just show a toy plane in the fog. <laughs> Honest to God, it could not have been that much worse. Yeah. Meanwhile, fucking Sean Connery Ramirez is whispering in some girl's ear all the different sexual positions he wants to do to her while she giggles. <laughs> fucked a goat once okay <laughs> oh that's so cute you're so funny actually darker hair girls do it better <laughs> all right so there's a big sword fight in an abandoned warehouse between christopher lambert and michael ironsides but by now the audience has no idea what's going on so we don't really care ironsides gets the upper hand is about to kill christopher lambert then he just disappears leaving nothing but doves in his wake so i guess russell mckay he is a pseudonym for john woo better movie well also but this right here yeah <clears throat> like this movie has plenty of issues but the biggest one that just fucks up the whole thing is that michael ironside doesn't have like actual goons because instead of just having christopher lambert have like four five six sword fights they just meet up halfway in the movie fight for a bit he's like ah maybe next time dude then <laughs> he just leaves it's, yeah that's the weirdest thing about it it's like that was clearly the final battle you know, and then they had to, I guess, reinsert it into the middle of the movie. You're like, oh, yeah, we could do a better job than that. Like, it's like, oh shit, he's really got to where he wants him. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is our second encounter. We can't find on Holy Land because these aliens from the past are Catholic. Well, can't find out a church. Hey. Anyway, so I guess Ramirez did not die. I, uh, you know, it's 
I guess he's just not dead. So he meets up, and they're friends, and they sword fight, and they kiss on the mouth. So Michael Ironside, meanwhile, decides to join the S.H.I.E.L.D. Corporation, and I do not know why. Oh, my God. Like I, I actually don't have an explanation what? for this one. I could, like, I could look wade into my it. way through the rest of this movie. This one, I got nothing, man. I At this one, I'm running out of notes here. Yeah, from what I understand, like, the company that like loaned them all the money took over entirely to the point where like the director went to the first screening of it and just left 15 minutes in which is always a good sign yeah. when you're like oh they fucked it and you just leave so yeah none of this fits together this is not only is it two movies it's two entirely different movies on one hand you have a time traveling swordsman who fights other swordsmen to death to be immortal and on the other hand you know corporations are greedy <laughs> Okay. You know, it's really immortal. Freaking greed. Am I right, guys? <laughs> so, like, here's what gets me. Uh, this movie has, like, a lot of set pieces that I'm going to remember. Like, that stupid fucking subway sequence. I am never going to forget that. This next one. Sean Connery slows a giant rotating fan with his electric hand, mag- with his electric hand magic as Amazing Grace plays on bagpipes. And then it blows him up. <laughs> If nothing else uh, from this movie, I will be referencing that giant fan for the next five years of episodes. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He's like, oh, you forgot I had this power. And just uses his mind to, like, force push it up. He's like, I'm, I'm with you, I guess. Goodbye. And then explodes in lightning. He, you figure it he out. He fucking uses his force magic on this Half-Life 2 jumping puzzle. And he just looks at Christopher Lambert and says... Use the force, Luke. And then he just blows up. It's like, I, I fucking love it. Well, Bush, by the way, Christopher Lambert, his greatest friend across centuries, hasn't seen him for hundreds of years, sees him again, and then he just has zero reaction to him dying and never mentions him again. <laughs> he stands there for a long time, too. Yeah. He's really looking at him like, oh, you rascal. You're taking one for the team here. Meanwhile, he in Virginia... His last words like, hey, uh... I have to sacrifice myself. We need both of you. You two together have to work together to fix this. Spoilers. <laughs> no, they don't. And Christopher Lambert just looks and says, but why male models? And just walks away. <laughs> they're fucking, they're just driving away laughing. They are laughing within five minutes of his death. They're having a good time here. Jitter bug. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, big battle with, uh, Michael Arndt. Katana. Last time I'm going to use that one. And uh, he gets his head cut off, which is how you kill a Highlander. And uh, meanwhile, Christopher Lambert walks into the giant Half-Life 2 laser portal that was also used in Suicide Squad. He thought I wasn't going to mention that one again. Huh? And uh, they destroy the shield, and I guess that works as like a spawn kill. I cannot believe how underwhelming this final fight was. <laughs> but let me take you back. Can't you though? We have talked. We skipped over the greatest moment in the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. In which John C. McGinley and Michael Ironside are having a disagreement about how things are going. <laughs> to which Michael Ironside grabs him by the testicles, lifts him high into the air, squeezes him until they pop, and then while still clutching his dick, throws him out the window to his death. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I have never seen 
a cock first choke slam <laughs> out of a window in my life before. It's great because John C. McGinley's reaction, he does like the high pitched scream that you usually expect for this sort of thing to the urban legend. Oh, falling out the window. <laughs> if I could just clip this 30 seconds and watch that instead of this movie. You're not missing too much. You're missing slow sword fights. You know what's weird? Between once again, hey, two for two. Oh, man, these guys only use swords. Who shall we hire? Probably this old guy. Good job. <laughs> you know the- Can't have Scott Atkins do it. Go fuck yourself. Here's Michael Ironside. We do say that about a lot of movies. They should have more Scott Atkins. Yes, but like, oh, yes. The, the nimble and limber Michael Ironside, known for his sword fighting. How do you think the the skulls feel about this? That uh, Christopher Lambert lived? Or do you think they're upset? Do you think they have like uh, any investment in this? Oh man, he takes off his fucking watch and shows off the brand in the movie. Ends. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find that out in uh, Highlander: The Animated Series. But uh, truth be told, guys, I, I kind of feel that we should stop watching Highlander movies. Uh, Thank you. Oh yeah, I didn't plan on yeah. continue. I was, was leading that... up to something. How about for our next oh, episode, a little movie that I discovered called Sudden Death. Oh yes. <laughs> that movie you discovered. Huh? Yeah, I invented it actually. So uh, yeah, uh, Sudden Death. And then next week we can just... No, okay. Game of Games. Three thirty, motherfucker. <laughs> Let out all you your see, frustration. This is the only thing that got him out of bed. I'm so fucking angry. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> you see, much like the Highlander, I've also traveled through time and space to bring you this, this wonderful game. Fuck. <laughs> now, um, I'm going to do something a little bit differently this week. Because, uh,. <laughs> Last week, when Parker had to roll the COVID dice, he had too much information. So before I'm going to reveal the records of this week, I would just like to let everyone know that Parker has two more COVID teams this week. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> That's probably good, though, right? I guess we'll see. Oh, no, 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 no. All right, so pick a house dice. <laughs> Gryffindor. I'm sticking with my birds. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> oh, God damn it. <sighs> okay. Okay, you can add one win to any player. Ooh. Uh, does that include myself? Uh, you count as any player. Okay, yeah. I don't know what these records are, so go ahead and just pad that win Wait, on there. Parker, oh, strategically right. speaking, it'd be best if you added a win to my teams. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no, not really. Yeah, strategically, of course. <laughs> I hate it. Alright. You got the lightning bolt, and the lightning bolt means that you can <laughs> assign a movie to any other player. Ooh. Any other player? <laughs> any other player. Oh my goodness. Well, you said other, so I can't assign a movie to myself. Ooh, I'm safe. Uh, well, Alex, I know you're busy, so you probably won't get anything this week. But I'd love to assign you something. Absolutely, buddy. What do you got Unfortunately, for Unfortunately, like, I just have so many options. 
I just wish that there was like an easy way to like select from a list here. <laughs> Let me just <laughs> take a roll here of my Legends of the Hidden Temple board game dice. <laughs> Let me see what, what we've got fuck? on the docket. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. Someone landed on the silver snakes. <laughs> hey Alex, did you see Species 2 yet? I did not. <laughs> oh, oh, Hell yes. Buddy. <laughs> this is the longest watch list for Alex. Good thing you did not get purple parrots, because <laughs> Undercover Brother 2 does not look appetizing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I love movies and content. So do I get anything out of the house dice? Uh, well, you get something, because after Parker added a win to his total, you were in last place at four and five. Oops! And, because Parker added a win to his own total, I am at 5-5, five and five, and Parker is at 4-4, four and four, and Chris, you know how ties work, right? Fuck! <laughs> I think that means you both get to assign me a movie, right? You were right, I literally should have just assigned you a movie. I should have just given you the win, god damn it. How did ties work, Alex? <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's pick some movies for our good friend Christopher to watch. <laughs> Let me see here. Again, the strategy in my feeling. <laughs> you know what? Look, it probably <laughs> sucks, but call it show research, Chris. Let me know how Steel goes. Oh, uh, the Sh- the Shaquille O'Neal movie. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Because I have a feeling if there's anything to it, you'll just go and go, yeah, watch Steel, future episode, and then I'll know. Probably not. I've seen bits and pieces. I have not officially logged it yet. And what I saw... Oh, boy. That's unfortunate. Oh, oh, shit. I got one here for you. No. Oh, I I feel bad about this. Good. So, Chris, you're familiar with the Tooth Fairy, right? The movie? The movie, yeah, the one with the rock. Have I no, seen the monster? <laughs> have I seen that? Please tell me I have. Oh, That's perfect, because you're gonna be watching the Tooth Fairy 2. <laughs> I know who's in Wait, it. Wait, what the hold up. What's Oh, you're a mean person. There's a, there's a Tooth Fairy 2? Tooth Fairy the to- 2. Tooth Fairy 2. Let let him find out. Yeah, oh. we'll find out. No! Oh no! <laughs> Oh, shit. Fuck! <laughs> well, I mean, it's God. probably on a list, so... Like, and since you've seen the first one, like, you've got to complete the cycle, right? Yeah! You guys are always telling me about, you know, this... this, this you you know, gotta complete the list! This complete series that you started. This is so. not, in fact, on a list, by the way. It's fucking bullshit. How to get a 4.0 on You know, I can make on one IMDb. if you want. No. <laughs> what are these days... I'm going to sign up for I check movies just to make a list for my good friend. <laughs> two, four, two. Okay, well, uh, it's not what okay. our community teams did. Fuck, I forgot. Right? <laughs> well, it would appear that the Cowboys and Bears have both won this week. So let's roll the dice. About. I hate that there's good and bad dice right? so fucking much. <laughs> I really hate it. This is probably for the best. No. Okay. All right. 
so uh, we're gonna go in order here, and uh, everybody's gonna have the opportunity, if they so choose, to swap one of their teams with one of the community teams. Alright, could you load up the list of teams again? Uh, yeah, I can, I can screen share here. Give me one second. This would be one of those funnier things if we weren't able to see it. And also if we did this live and had like a hotline that people could come into. <laughs> Chris, don't worry. You definitely own the Patriots. You should trade them for the Bears. <laughs> oh boy, live. Yum, yum, yum. I, I love a live stream. Alright, so, uh, first things first, as I had the best record this week. Show off. I will be taking my bears back. Hey! The cats of the forest have returned. And in exchange, the jets will be returning to the pool. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> now, uh, Parker, it is your turn. Look, if it wasn't the cowboys, I would fall on the sword. But my red rifle... Alright, so Parker wants here. his Cowboys, and who are you going to give up to the pool? Oh, oh boy, that is disgusting. Let's get those Broncos out of there. I don't want to lose any of my meme teams. <laughs> They're the cats of the old Midwest. Well, I mean, you could unite them with the Colts for the, uh, oh, yeah, the, the, the horse yeah. stack, Chris. <laughs> Does he get double XP on the horse tech? <laughs> Tell you what. Out. Speaking as someone who's more into strategy than either one of you, especially Parker, thanks for nothing. I'm going to take the Jets. Okay. I'm going to take. Chris is going to take the Jets. So the reason I'm taking the Jets, well, I'll explain it later. I'm going to take the Jets, and I'm going to give up the the Viking. No, 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 not the Vikings. I take it back. I take it back. Take it back. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give up. The Steelers. The Steelers? The Steelers have been pretty good so far. My logic here is that whenever something goes bad with one of the community <laughs> teams, we all suffer. It'd be really nice if we could just have a good time with the community teams. So I take the worst team in the league, the Jets, and I give up a good team like the Steelers. So you know what? Steelers, maybe they can all help us out as a community. So I'm a good little boy. That's what I'm saying. All right, round two. Let's go. <laughs> Well, oh, you thought this space was over. God, fuck. No, this is the good dice, remember? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, See? So Quotations. I have wonderful news. Starting next week, the Dragon Balls will be back in play. Yeah! Uh-oh. Well, oh, God. I will that be randoming one, uh, three numbers between 1 and 32 every week, and if your team corresponds to one of those spaces each week, you get a Dragon Ball. My face went through 17 emotions. Right? <laughs> right? That's exactly what happened. Oh, God. Oh, my Did, God. Is there a Dragon Ball radar? We'll see. We're after all that next dice. <laughs> hey, Alex, did you finish your paper? Well, in a sense. God, I really I hope was that, busy. I really hope I get the I'm weed gonna, right again. I'm just going to hand in this Game of Games manual for one of these assignments. I'd give you an A. <laughs> like no, I wouldn't. I'd give It depends how well my team's... Also, if I get the weed right. Ooh, that's a 20. And the 20 means... <laughs> okay, so you see... You see a vast pile of treasure ahead of you. Unfortunately, beto between you and the treasure is a manticore. <laughs> Choose one of your teams to do battle with the manticore. 
Uh, what, for both of us? Each person must choose a team, okay. and I will choose the Eagles to fight the Manticore. I, well, what, what's a bird card? Okay, I'm gonna go with... No. No. No, definitely no. Uh, I will go with my fighter jets. They got, like, guns and stuff, right? Alright. <laughs> or, worst case scenario, they could just 9-11 them. Suicide bombing. We both win. It's true. My Falcons will Harder. complete the bird trifecta, and we will take on cool. the Manticore. Okay, so let me just go ahead and uh, pull this Can't up help but feel there's a reason he didn't, <laughs> he didn't describe what fighting the Manticore entails until after we select a team. So, so the, the battle with the Manticore is very simple, in theory. So how it works is I'm going to roll a d6, and if I roll the number of either your team's wins or your team's losses, then... Uh, you get past the manticore and you get a thing. Or I guess your team's ties if we're dealing with the Eagles. D6 but, uh, is my favorite steak Unfortunately, sauce. it would appear that both of you picked a team where one of those two numbers is zero, which is not a number on a six-sided <sighs> die. So you have half the chances. God. <laughs> How did Damn it. it. It's fine. We didn't know that you were going yes. to do this. How did I not follow the rules that were kept hidden from me? <laughs> oh, Chris, you bum! You boob! You chose I thought I was just sacrificing like the Falcon. This has gone horribly wrong. Yeah, roll more dice, why don't you? So. Motherfucker, the pick the team with a tie is. so we had three chance. I'm so mad. I, they're one. They're one, three, and one. I only have two chances. I only. I, get, I don't get the one <laughs> twice. Well, I mean, you never know with you. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's the thing. All of us. Uh, two. That's one, one. Parker. That means I win. <laughs> I actually did roll a two, but I am not a cheater. Uh -huh. uh, a word? Parker rolled a six, which is an impossible result. Which is what I was hoping. What for, the because fuck? If somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's week five and you rolled the six. Yeah, Parker, why didn't you weird. think of that? <laughs> I'm such a fucking idiot. I'm so short-sighted. If only I'd traveled 500 weeks into the future. <laughs> you imbecile. What a fucking oaf so I am. The, 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 the manticore has shredded and devoured all three of our flesh. Fleshes? Fle I don't know. Um... And I forgot what I was supposed to do for this space. Um, what the fuck? Get away from She-Hulk. Not watching. <laughs> Look, we, we, we all have to be punished in some way or another. I just don't know what it is. Dude, so uh, we'll come back to this. <laughs> Let's, uh... That's okay, buddy. I know you're sleepy. It's okay. <laughs> Let's, uh, hold on. No, I got this. I'll figure this out. God yeah, just fill in that dead noise. There's there. gotta Thank be. There's gotta that. be another way to figure this out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the three of us are on a journey together. And no, we've been I don't want to go on a journey. <laughs> I fucking hate journeys. <laughs> no, I stopped believing a long time ago. Look, look. There are, there are three bad results here. So I'm gonna let you guys pick first. You said these were the good. Whatever. Sure. Well, that was before we got surprised and devoured by the Manticore, okay? So it's only Damn, good I if hate you surprises can defeat that the you Manticore by rolling an impossible <laughs> dice. <laughs> okay, so we're at the crossroads. There's, uh, 
There's three paths. If there's a pyramid, I swear to God. One, one of them goes to the city, one of them goes to the North Pole, and one of them goes to the Deadly Pyramid. No, no. Parker, Parker, I know you... I will let you guys decide where, where each of the three... I would like to go into the Deadly Pyramid <laughs> and find the remains of my brethren who died there. I want to go to the big city. You want to go to the big city? Yeah. Okay, okay. I will go to city. the North Pole then. I hope you get Norm of the North. How did we get here? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Try to fall along okay. with the DM, dude. Oh, yeah? Alright. Alright, Chris, we'll do you first. So, you travel to the city, and on the road into the city, you see a large crowd forming, and, like, you know, just all headed in the same direction. So, naturally, you join in with them, you fall in with the crowd, you start walking. You continue to walk, and you end up at a stadium. Now, obviously you have to go in. You have to see what's going on in the stadium. What event could this be? You walk through a door and find yourself on the ice of a hockey game. <laughs> and in front of you is a really fat goalie who you must now attempt to score on to avoid watching a movie. That's impossible! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you know how, uh... Ties work? Uh, yes. No. <laughs> you know how ice works? Yeah. Do you know how fat how goalies work? work? <laughs> alright, alright, Chris. So I'm holding a six-sided die, oh, and I will allow you to pick two of these numbers, because this goalie has just woken up. <laughs> I'm gonna go with six <laughs> and five. The biggest numbers on there in the big <laughs> city with our big goalie. <laughs> That's a four. So your your slap shot bounces harmlessly off the fat goalie, who <laughs> removes his mask. It's Kevin James. No, no. <laughs> I don't. I. Th the look on my face is I'm just drained. What fucking movie does he have for me? I will allow you to pick your own Kevin James Great! Movie in Kevin the spirit James of Kevin back. James Media. <laughs> oh, I want to pick the zoo movie. <laughs> Alright. Now Parker. Oh, I was hoping you'd forget me. <laughs> the good news is that the pyramid has been remodeled since your last trip. And there are only two paths at each junction, rather than three. Oh, wait, so you have oh, much you. better chances. Wait, so who remodeled I bet I don't. Was it the ancient aliens, or was it the Israeli slaves? Really makes you think. I guess we'll find <laughs> out if he makes it out. Sorry, the Hebrew slaves. Anyway. So many secrets inside. Yeah. So, Parker, you, you once again retrace your steps from a couple weeks ago to get to the treasure in the pyramid. You find the treasure. You know there are five crossroads ahead of you that you must get through with the That's treasure. What a paradox. So many. <laughs> Alright, so first one. Left or right? We're gonna take a hard left here. Left? Okay. Well, Parker, so here's the thing. Son you're of a not bitch! The only person, you're not the only person that's ever found a treasure in Egypt. Because the baby genius is... <laughs> no! <laughs> God fucking damn it. <laughs> Oh, shit. God. Oh, God. God damn it. 
Hey, Chris, can you just send me the download you had? Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he's still got it around. (sighs) Yeah, I probably have it on the hard drive somewhere. God. Meanwhile, I get to go to the North Pole and watch It's a Wonderful Life. See you next week. I hope you have to watch Elf, motherfuckers. I hope so. Buddy, buddy, I am just going to click forward on my browser to show you what this movie is. I was prepared for anyone who the elves at the North Pole would give to them. Oh, I've already seen that. <gasps> You've seen Jingle all the way, too? <laughs> yeah, I actually have. I saw it with Josh, actually, so Josh can back me up on that. Of course, of course Josh saw this with you. Yeah, hey, I remember that one, because he said something that, that you had to immediately delete from the episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Alright, so anyway, what I'm saying is none of us will be happy this week. Correct. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> All I no, wanted no, was no. some treasure. <laughs> <laughs> One of these times, Parker, you're gonna get through the pyramid. And you know, find all the ridges. I so I guess you just I feel myself making out of like week eighteen. It's like, alright, you get to assign a movie and I'm gonna punch a hole in my wall. <laughs> I want was real treasure. So, so I guess you didn't go to the North Pole. You don't get assigned. No, I did. I gotta watch the shitty Larry the Cable Guy. I Christmas thought there was now. gonna be like a fun little game where you like lose. Well, to a what penguin. am I gonna do? Play a game with myself? Yeah, you like roll a <laughs> dice and see if you can beat the penguin down right. the the slope. All right, you know what? Let's see if I beat the penguin. If I roll a six, I beat the penguin. All right, well that's a six. So I guess what I don't have to fuck? watch Larry the Cable Let's Guy. Let's see if he fucking Chris. gets out of. <laughs> <laughs> We'll He's not going to watch it anyway. You. He still hasn't even watched any of the movies we've assigned him. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. I want one win. I wanted one dice roll to go my way for once in my life. Parker gets dice. You should have tested your luck in the pyramid, my dude. <laughs> I guess. The heartbreak I felt in the Yeah, you have a better chance now. One turn, and there's a bunch of <laughs> fucking babies... And Angelina Jolie's dad's old balls looking at me. Fucking super. He went to find Moriarty's secrets in the pyramids. I I really wouldn't know what Beauregard Burger managed to find in there. I don't remember Beauregard Burgers in this one, so. Well, I guess uh, tune in next week to see if the baby geniuses get in on any more rip-roaring action. I hate my fucking life. Yeah. Well, tune in next football. week for more. You know what? Check- you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make an executive decision. I am using my immunity idol from week one on this Larry the Cable Guy movie. I don't want to watch this shit. You you weren't <laughs> gonna watch it anyway, so that's fine. Uh, we will see about that, buddy. There is gonna be a reckoning for me as I watch all of these. You movies know, what? I'm using day. my immunity <laughs> idol on Tooth Fairy two. All right. Wait, no. Well, Kevin James movie. Uh, yeah, too late. I'll just. <laughs> I'm not wasting it. Go fuck yourself. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the tea, sis.